A new Nazi Satanist group called the Order of Nine Angels has been labeled has been labeled the most dangerous cult of our days today, and they are infiltrating uh, some pretty. Th- th- this thing is a lot more widespread than than you might think. You might never have uh, heard of this, but it's it's unfortunately gaining some ground. So we have to talk about that. Also, is the coronavirus about to herald the false Messiah? Uh, leading rabbis are saying the coronavirus is about to bring about the pre-Messiah double Sabbath. And what does that have to do with uh, their version of Messiah and our version of us being Christians, of our version of Antichrist? We're going to talk about all that and more on today's Peck Report. Welcome to Peck Report. Hope you are all staying safe and healthy. Um, and, you know, I don't, I, I know a lot of news has been dominated by coronavirus stuff. It is important to talk about, especially since there are new developments to it every day. Um, I'm even considering, uh, and maybe by the time you, you watch this program, maybe I've already done it, but I'm considering doing a daily live cast from dailyrenegade.com. Uh, be, because news is just going so fast and it would be probably good if you guys had a source that you could trust. Um, but I, I also don't want this to just be totally dominated by coronavirus stuff. We are going to talk a little bit about that in, uh, one of the, the, the segments, but this, the first one that I wanted to talk about, um, comes from a story about a, a Nazi Satanist cult. And you may not have heard of this. I haven't heard of it either until just very recently. Um, but it's gaining some ground and, what what's what's really frightening too is even though they really have a lot of far left ideas you know and and we'll we'll get into why i say that they're being labeled as far right uh and you'll see why and unfortunately they share some of the same ideas that unfortunately we see in certain circles of christianity um a lot of really anti-jewish stuff and I don't know why somebody would want to share an ideology with people like this. Uh, but of course, you know, most would say that they don't, but we're, we're going to get into it and we're, we're, we're going to see, uh, now, of course, because you always have to look at the bias of the source that you're reading from or watching. And most places are not going to be honest about their biases. I mean, I'll be honest about mine. I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. So uh, the the reporting you're going to get from me is going to be filtered through that lens. Um, but if we're being honest, all of us have a bias. All of us. So uh, if you're listening to a source that says that it doesn't, they are lying to you right off the bat. Now, these groups, um, and there are a lot of groups like this, but a, a lot of them, they... they, they they're labeled as far right, but they really don't have anything to do with the right or with conservatism or uh, with, with any 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 ideals that that are more right, <laughs> you know, uh, politically. They they really have nothing to do with us. You know, we we uh, we on the on the right on the actual right. You know, we conservatives we we tend to prefer um, 
smaller government, you know, limited government, uh, almost as limited as possible. But, uh, you know, true conservatives, we're not anarchists. We're not uh, saying there should be no government. There is a role for government, clearly. Um, and we're not strict libertarians either because there there's issues with that as well. Um, but these groups, they... They tend to want a lot of them are legitimately white supremacists, and I know that term gets thrown around a lot today, especially in the news. Everything is labeled white supremacy, everything is labeled racist, so it's hard to know what what is actually racist and what isn't. There's a lot of stuff labeled racist that isn't actually racist um but there but these specific groups, like the one we're going to talk about today uh they do deal heavily in uh white supremacy which is racist Ra- racist is racism just means that it, it's the belief that one race is superior to another or that all races are inferior to um to one other race doesn't matter the race could be white could be black you can have black supremacy you can have white supremacy uh so or any other supremacy it, it's all racist it's all bad uh any kind of racial supremacy is is uh, really evil. It's, it's evil ideology, uh, but but a lot of these that we're going to talk about, like the ones we're like the one we're going to talk about today, the Order of Nine Angels, um, they their particular brand of racism is is white supremacist, and a lot of them want like a white ethno state. So that's not limited government. I mean, how do you achieve that through political processes? I mean, you, you need a very large government for something like that. That's not conservative. That's not on the right. That's actually that's actually more of a leftist idea. You know, le- leftists are the ones that want bigger government and they want government to take control over the population. So them being labeled as far right is completely inaccurate. Um, you know, it, it, the way I would label far right, if there is a far right, I would say maybe it would be like the religious right, like the religious fundamentalists uh, who who put that into politics. That That's probably as far right as you can get while it's still being right, while it's still being, you know, on, on you know, right of center. But um, but because the left they're actually the ones with the racist problem, um, and it's especially the anti-Semitism problem. Uh, they want to label these groups far right, uh, and the only reason the, the reason they do that is because they see conservatives, they see people on the right as racist, as white supremacists, and they see these groups as white supremacists. So they put two and two together, and they say that they must be far right or alt right or whatever. These people have nothing to do with the right. All right, they are they they don't hold conservative ideals. Conservative ideals are that everybody's created equally. You know, uh, many conservatives are religious, many conservatives are Christian, but even if they're not, they believe that every person is equal in value to every other person that that's why many people on the right are uh pro-life because we believe that people even unborn people people in the womb are still people uh and they still hold equal value with the rest of us in, in terms of just being a human being these people do not believe that these people believe that there are gradations of value specifically these people believe that white people are greater in value than other races, which is horribly wrong and evil. There's nothing right about that. There's nothing on the right about that. Uh, people who are conservative, uh, or or you know anybody who's who's actually holds conservative values, they don't believe that stuff. It's completely incompatible. 
So the source that we're going to look at, the news source that we're going to look at, because, of course, they have their own bias, they are going to label this far right. And so we have to kind of pick through here and find out what's truth and what isn't. So let's go through this together. This comes from uh, New, uh, New Statesman. And it says, a Nazi Satanist cult is fueling far-right groups overlooked by the UK authorities. So the group is called the Order of Nine Angels. Now, um, <laughs> it's funny, they, they put it here, angles. Uh, I think that is a, wouldn't it be funny if it was actually angles? Is it angles? Let's find out, because they're, they're, they're saying angles, so may, maybe, maybe I mispronounced it, or maybe this... Uh, Maybe this publication um, misspelled it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll find out. It's either angels or angels, but I would assume it would be angels. But um, uh, maybe it is angels. I don't know. Let, let, let's find out. But it, it says it says the order of nine angles, which uh, encourages extreme violence among followers, has infiltrated extreme circles in Britain. And that's another thing too. Uh, people on the right, people who are actually on the right, we we typically don't like going the violence route to get things done. Uh, you know, we like orderly protests, things like that. You know, that that's fine. Um, we only resort to violence if we have to defend ourselves, but we typically, we're, we're not, we're not Antifa. Uh, and, and it's interesting too, because the writer of this uh, article, uh, who is it by Nick Lowell's, um, so apparently Nick, Nick Lowell's down here says, I have been an anti-fascist campaigner. I don't know if this, because Antifa, that is short for anti-fascist. Um, I don't know if he's saying, if Nick here is saying that he's part of Antifa or not. Uh, I don't know what he means by anti-fascist. Because again, uh, people on the left have called everything fascist. And when you call everything fascist, the word fascist loses all meaning. You know, it would be like if you called every condiment in your fridge ketchup. Even if it's, even if it's mayonnaise, even if it's mustard, you just call it all ketchup. Well, then ketchup loses its its meaning. You wouldn't know what the ketchup is if you label everything as ketchup. You don't know what the actual ketchup is. So it's, a, it's the same thing here. You label everything racist. You label everything fascist. Nobody knows what's actually racist and what's actually fascist. Fascist, the word loses all meaning. So this, this person, uh, Nick uh, Lowell's here, says, I have been an anti-fascist campaigner for over... Uh, 30 years and thought I had seen it all. I fought against the National Front in the late 80s, Combat 18 in the 90s, the BNP in the noughties, and then the English Defense League, EDL, in the 2010s. But as we enter a new decade, the threat from the far right, again, as we will see, these people are not on the right, um, their ideology mirrors more uh, extreme leftist ideology, the threat from the far right has become more dangerous than ever. Uh, now, while again, while this is all mislabeled and it's all mixed up and messed up and it's it's just a mess, uh, we still do need to know about these groups, about these cults. We do need to know about them uh, because, for one thing, we need to be vocal in explaining to people, even though they're not going to listen, but still, we need to be vocal that these, we need to disavow these people. These people are not on the right. We need to disavow them. You know, the, the people on the left, typically leftists, they don't disavow their, 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 their own, their own racists, their own bigots, you know, their, their own bad guys. They don't disavow them. They embrace them. Uh, typically on the right, 
uh, you find more people that are willing to disavow, uh, you know, the bad guys. So we need to continue in that, and we need to, you know, be really adamant about the fact that these people are not on the right, and that their ideology is uh, closer to uh, uh, leftism than anything else. But again, you know, typically people on the right, we we think more in, uh, you know, terms of logic and fact and things like that, whereas people on the left t- t- typically go more with like emotion feelings uh and they don't mind many times they don't mind bending the truth or lying if it if 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 the ends justify the means basically you, you know uh typically people on the right the 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 ends do not justify the means people on the left the ends do justify the means so uh it's, it, we we have just different ways of viewing the world and you know I'm not a totally cold and logic person I mean I I do put that well, it depends on what we're talking about, but usually I put that first, especially in terms of policy and things like that. You, you got to put that first. Um, but there is a place for emotion. There is a place for uh, all of the creative artistic stuff, the emotional stuff that comes from the left. But to me, with this kind of stuff, I see it more as like, uh, you know, salt on a steak. You know, the, the, the steak is your is your logic, your truth. You know, you need the truth. Uh, and, and and the salt is like the emotion, how you feel about it, how you interpret it. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Christina and I, my, my wife and I, were talking about this the other day. I, and I was watching a really interesting um, show that was hosted by Ben Shapiro. And he was ta- – it was a Sunday special episode. And he was talking uh, with uh, – I think it was the founder of Vox or something, uh, Ezra Klein. And I, I suggest you all go watch that if you haven't. Go go watch it because it's really interesting to see how differently uh, the right and the left uh, view the world. And, you know, when I was listening to that, you know, it kind of came to me and I, I told Christina, you know, I, I think what the, the, the fundamental difference between the right and the left, you know, between conservatives and liberals uh, or conservatives and leftists, the fundamental difference is how much – where our ratio of the importance of objective reality and subjective reality lies. So there's an objective reality that's that's the physical world that you can measure, that you can test, that, you know, things like facts that we should all be able to agree on, you know, two plus two equals four kind of stuff. Um, then there's subjective reality, which is how how it makes you feel, you know, what it means. What's the, what's the interpretation of that? Okay. Two plus two equals four, but how do I feel about that? What does that mean? You know, what, what, what does that, what, what is that teaching us? You know, that, that kind of stuff, it, it, that's subjective reality. And there is importance for both. We do need both, but I, I don't even, I don't think it's equal. Um, I th- I don't think they're equally important. I think objective reality is far more important than subjective reality. It's far more important because objective reality is the thing that we can all hold on to. We should be able to. We can all grasp. We can all agree on. We can all hold on to. We should be able to anyway. What it means is something that we can debate and we can have differences in opinion and, you know, we can, we can, uh, uh, you know, not all agree. So, be, we should when we make policies and things like that we we should base those policies on the facts on the things that we can all agree on or should be able to all agree on the things that we can show and prove objectively um and and then you know what it means or or how it makes us feel we can debate that later but so that that's typically people on the right they put more importance on objective reality over subjective reality and i i don't know anybody on the right that would say that 
just you shouldn't have any subjective reality like it should only be objective um i don't know any i I guess if you were going to have any kind of far right it would be somebody like that who who would say that we should only look at objective reality and we should totally ignore subjective reality i've never heard of anybody like that um so i mean if there was a far right you know it would be it would be that but on the left uh, liberals tend to put more emphasis on what it means or how it makes somebody feel regardless of the objective fact about a thing. And depending how far left you go, that that is determined by how much how much more importance you put on the subjective stuff. Now, there are people, the leftists, the extreme leftists, who absolutely don't care about objective reality and it's all subjective interpretation 100% uh you, you don't really see that on the other side you don't see anybody that's 100% objective reality but you do on the left you do see people who's 100% subjective reality um and that gets dangerous and that's why i say these groups like the one that we're going to talk about they are on the left but but because they're 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 not dealing in objective reality they're dealing in subjective uh emotional reality how they feel about certain races or about how things should go they're not looking at anything objective uh, but but in watching that um sunday special that that's what came to me you know that that is the difference between the right and the left it's how much importance do you put on objective versus subjective reality that's the difference between the right and the left and people are different in in those regards Um, so it doesn't mean that anybody who puts more important, more importance on subjective reality is necessarily bad or evil. It's what they do with it because you can have evil people who, who pay more attention to objective reality. You know, you can have evil people who look at the facts and then they still make terrible decisions. The decisions that people make go beyond their interpretation. So the decision is what somebody does, right? Um, so you know, I, I might have thoughts or feelings about something, but we don't we don't act on them if 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 they're wrong or if they're if they're evil. And, and and see, that's why you do need some subjective interpretation in there. You know, it's like the salt on the steak. A steak is kind of boring without salt, but you wouldn't want it fifty fifty. You wouldn't want just as much salt on there as you have steak. That would be terrible. You need you need just enough to make it perfect. So it's the same thing here with like, you know, there is a place for personal interpretation, debate, that kind of stuff. Uh, but what we do with it, that that's what really matters, you know, what we do with it. And it seems that more and more the people uh, on the more left somebody gets, the more erratic, the more aggressive, you know, the, 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 the more violent really they become. Now, they they also project. That's another thing they'll do. So they'll say that people on the right become more violent. But that's really tough to prove because the only examples that they can bring up are these white supremacist, uh, white supremacist people who are not a part of the right. And they have to mislabel these people as far right just so they can say that there are people on the right that become uh, violent. Now, of course, anybody can become violent uh, despite political party. You know, Republicans and Democrats, we're, we're all human, but typically you're going to see less violence in if, if you divide, if you divide up, you know, human population based on what's more important, objective or subjective reality, you're going to find less 
violent people on the objective side. It, it can still happen. There's always going to be outliers, but and and it's because violence is um is is an action based on an emotion, you know, anger or hate or fear. Typically, if you you, you almost have to train yourself to not be like that. You have to train yourself to put more importance on objective reality. You know, that that's why they, they say that, that old joke that, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're a, if you're a liberal, when you're young, you have no brain or yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're a, what is it? Hang on. If you're a if you're a liberal, when you're young, you have, you have no brain, but if you're a conservative when you're old, you have no heart or something like that. And it's not exactly true. You know, there, there, there's varying gradations of that, but that, that's kind of where that old joke comes from. It's because it takes training. That's why typically older people are more conservative. Younger people are more liberal because in order to see the world like that through, through an objective lens, it take it takes time. It takes training. It takes maturing. It takes a lot of maturity. Uh, and so that, that's why more often you see, younger people tending towards liberalism and, and then in the extreme leftism, there's a difference between liberal and leftist. Um, uh, and, and even that it, it, it depends on your gradation of, of how much importance you put on subjective reality, but it, it take it takes time and practice to, to get like that. That's why typically older people are conservative and younger people are not. Um, now we are seeing a surge in young conservatism in in our generation, younger generations today, which is great to see, and so that's really cool. But uh, typically, you're 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 going to find it kind of parsed out that way. Um, it, it's kind of like when you're a kid, all you want to eat is candy, and you know you you grow up and and you you start you start liking vegetables more when you're older. It's sort of like that. Uh, so it it takes it takes time, it takes maturity. So um. And that's why these people that are called far right, that, that's why they can't be on the right. That it, that it just doesn't match at all because the violence is based on emotion. The, these people are putting more stock in emotion than they do in objective reality. If if they were living more uh, through an objective lens, they, they wouldn't hurt people because they don't agree with them. They would debate them respectfully, calmly, even if they have terrible ideas. You know, they would just they would debate other people. And uh, they would they would try to convince other people through arguments, through reason, through logic. They would put more importance on that. But uh, because they don't, and and you're not you're not going to see a whole lot of violence just from uh, logic based uh, arguments, because again, violence comes from emotion, not from lo- you're not going to logic your way into uh, violence. So uh, you know th- that's kind of the split there. Um, so these people, these groups are being mislabeled. Uh, so that, but that's what this article says. This article is calling them, um, far right and they're not. Okay. So let's get into this actual cult as anti-extremism campaigners. We've been uh, investigating the most extreme ideological group I've ever seen and have released our findings in our latest report. It's called the order of nine. Again, it says angles, order of nine angles. Maybe, maybe it's angles because of like Anglo-Saxon or something. Seems seems like they should have won Order of Nine Angels. I mean, doesn't that sound kind of, I don't know, more powerful in some way? Angles. I don't. I don't know. But but this could be a typo. So we'll find out. But it's a it's a British neo Nazi Satanist group 
that encourages extreme violence among its followers to destabilize society and overthrow what it sees as Jewish control of global culture and economics. Now, even in that reporting, even the, when, when they say that you know it encourages extreme violence, we have to be careful and actually check our sources. Uh, so why why do they say why do they say that? And it, it goes to this what terrogram. Even here it says, or I guess it is angles, order of nine angles. This is hopenothate.org.uk, anti-Semitism and labor. Uh, I'm not sure, but it far-right terror goes global. So it links to another probably leftist source. Um, so, you know, you, you got to be careful with your sources, and, and you you got to there, – there, there's a lot of times things are labeled – uh, as things that they're not. So, do they extreme encourage extreme encourage extreme violence? You know, possibly, but we got to really look into what this group actually says and what they do uh, in order to properly, you know, properly know. Because obviously, a source like this has a bias, and and they're they're left leaning. Um, but it's it's usually not a great sign when when they cite another leftist, you know, source. Uh, to bolster their point, but anyway, let, let's let's move on. Uh, but here here's here's the line: overthrow what it sees as a Jewish control of global culture and economics. That thing, we're seeing that in in Christian circles. There's a lot of like anti-Jewish Christians that think that like globalist Jewish people are running the world and they're trying to kill everybody and they're trying to force everybody into Noahide laws and stuff like that. And and because of that. Because of that, they they start developing this disdain, like this this hatred for just Jewish people in general. And, and my my question is why 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 is the Jewish part the focus? Like if that were true, like if if that whole scenario were true, does the Jewish part matter? I mean, they would just be evil people, right? Who cares if they're Jewish or English or Australian or or African? You know, who who? Why does the race matter? And that that's that's the big red flag to me. You know, as soon as somebody and they they make that a big a big point, these people. It's always it's always the Jews. You know, what what, what does the race matter? Why not just call them globalist or elitist? You know, who cares about their race? If if this is happening, then they're evil. The race has nothing to do with it. But because they put the race in there, they're focused on it. So clearly, there's some kind of bigotry going on. You know, I mean, there would have to be to even to even include it. Um, but we're seeing, we're unfortunately seeing this creeping into Christian circles, which, I mean, it just, it, it just, it, it blows my mind. And, and if you've ever tried to talk to these people, you, you can't get anywhere with them. I, there are some people that are just so filled with hate. They're, they don't listen to anything that you say. They don't, they don't, uh, try to match your argument. And, and it's exactly, it's exactly like when you try to debate a leftist. It's exactly the same type of rhetoric and attitude that you get, but this is coming from so-called Christians. I mean, I mean, it's, it's that same like immaturity. Uh, and because I, I've tried to talk to these people, and that that's you you can't you just can't get anywhere. I mean, you tell them things like, okay, because they'll say they'll they'll say things like, well, you know. Uh, Israel was just founded on a bunch of war, and they took land that wasn't theirs. And what about the Palestinian? They took land that wasn't theirs. Okay. You could say that about America. See, now now a leftist would say, yeah, America's bad too. 
but you know, so is Israel. But Christians who fall into this ideology for one reason or another, they don't really have an answer for that because many of them are pro-America. You know, many of them are pro-America, but like anti-Israel. And they, they actually think like Zionists are evil people or something. Do you know what a Zionist is? According to just the standard definition, a Zionist is that you, uh, uh, you, you, you believe that Israel has a right to exist. That's it. That's what makes a Zionist. I'm a Zionist. Uh, if, if you believe that Israel has the right to exist, you're a Zionist too. Now that term has, has been dragged through the mud. That, that term, that, that word Zionist or Zionism, uh, has been, has been made to mean a bunch of things that it doesn't mean. It's sort of like when, um, when people say Republican and then they think racist, you know, Republican has been made to mean racist, even though it has nothing to do with it. It's the same thing. Zionism isn't pro-globalism, for example. It's, it's, it's not. There's, there's nothing about Zionism, about just believing that Israel has a right to exist, that's pro-globalism. Just because there may be some Jews in high positions that uh, are pushing for globalism, just be, and just because like I support Israel's right to exist, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that I I would support those people those those Jews or whatever pushing globalism. And they're not all Jewish, by the way. Um, that's just like saying you know birds fly, bats fly, birds are bats, or, or bats are birds, you know whatever. Uh, it, it just doesn't, the logic doesn't follow, but again, these people are not operating in logic, so they're not going to pick up on that. Um, they're, they're, they're in their emotional, uh, echo chamber with everybody else who feels this way and they, they get each other all riled up. So, so that's like one thing, but, but you, like I said, like for one thing, the whole, you know, Israel was founded on war and they took land that's not there. That is a severe reduction, um, if not just outright lie on history. But even if that were true, you could say the same thing about America and every other country in the world, all of them. But you could say that about America. So how can you be pro-America? You know, America has a right to exist, doesn't it? But didn't we steal the land from the Native Americans? You know, if so, then what are you doing here? You know, why are you still here if you believe that strongly in it? It's a double standard. And there isn't anything that these people will say about Israel uh, why, why they don't like Israel. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll list off all the bad things that Israel does. You could say the same thing about America, all of them. You know, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, they, they, they promote the homosexual lifestyle and they have the biggest gay pride parades in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip or in Gaza or whatever. And, uh, you know, they, they, a lot of them will support abortion and they, they do all these bad things and all of them, America too. You could say the same thing about America. So what's with the double standard? Why don't you hate your own country then? Now, leftists will at least admit that they hate their own country, but uh, which is which is sick and demented. But um, but but Christians that try to adopt this anti-Jewish ideology, anti-Israel ideology, you can't be a supporter of America and not be a supporter of Israel because for, for those reasons, it just it doesn't fit. You could say the same thing about us, unless you just want to be a total hypocrite. So why don't you hate America? Why don't you want to see um, America just go back to the Native Americans and, and we all have to leave? And, and you know that you don't really believe that that should happen. Otherwise, you would be gone. <laughs> you know, you would feel a personal responsibility to leave. But you, you don't. You're still here. 
It's because there's obviously more to the story than that. There's obviously more go- going on than that. Uh, so, you, you, but but why do we support America? It's not because of the bad things that we do. It's not because of the bad things that happen here. I hate abortion. You know, I, I, I hate all that stuff, the pride stuff. But I don't hate the people. Uh, but um, we support America because of what it stands for. You know, those are bad things that happen in America, but America wasn't founded on those things. America, the way that America was founded, it it doesn't stand for those things. and, and, And we know that our country could be better. So we love our country so much that we want to make it better. We want to work hard to fight against these evils, like child sex trafficking. We want to fight. That happens in America. Happens in Israel, too. It happens in every country. But we know our country can be better, so we want to fight against it. Same same thing with people in Israel. They 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 love Israel, but they know their country can be better, so they fight to improve it, right? So it's ridiculous to be anti-Israel and pro-America. It just it doesn't make any sense. And if you're anti-both, if you're anti-Israel and anti-America, you can't. You're just anti-country at that point. You're you're anti any country at all. You, you may as well be one of these open border lunatics that would get the whole world destroyed if they had five minutes of power. Um, so the logic doesn't follow. Uh, so I, I would, I, I would, I would implore people who have fallen into this anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, anti-Zionism stuff, uh, to look a little deeper into it and to study yourself, you know, and and really ask yourself how, how, how is it that I can be pro-America, but anti-Israel and, how is it not racist to be against the state of Israel? Like how is that's the only home the Jewish people have. That's it. Where else are they going to go? You know, and you might say, well, Palestinians and you know, there are other Muslim countries, a lot of them. This is the only place that the Jewish people have. That's it. Um, and I know not all Palestinians are, are Muslim, but, you know, there are Palestinian Christians as well. But that's the thing with Israel is you can, they can still live there. Like they can still be just like here in America. You can live in America if you're not from America. You know, there there are policies in place for that. But to say that one group of people, they got to get out. I mean, how how is that not uh, racist? I mean, what what else is that based on? Their race, right? This group of people, they got to get out. What are you basing it on? What group? How are you grouping them based on their race? The Jewish the Jewish people, right? Um, so, you know, I, I would ask, I, I would, you would seriously have to ask yourself, how is this not racist? And you don't, you don't want to fall into racism. Anyway, and you don't want to share ideologies with these lunatics. So let's read some more. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, they, they see as the Jewish control of global cultures and economics. Oh, and then there's the other thing that the, the Jews aren't really the Jews. The Jews in Israel are not the real Jews because of this passage in Revelation. And that, to me, is the flimsiest, sorriest excuse I have ever heard to try to justify racism, to say that they're not really Jews because of one thing in Revelation and that, that you don't even understand the context to. You don't understand what it's talking about. You know, those were letters written to like ancient churches in Turkey. Like wh- where, where in there, show me where in that verse where it says, 
Oh, and by the way, this is for 20th century Americans to understand, or 21st century Americans to understand about the the Jews that will exist in 2,000 years. There's no reason to interpret it that way. And if you look at the actual context of of the verse, you'll, you'll actually see, I mean, you can't really justify interpreting it that way. But again, a lot of people... A lot of people already have a bias and then they want to find excuses or, or they already have, uh, yeah, like a bias against somebody or, or they already have, they already have this in them and then they want to justify it in some way. Uh, it's just like slave owners, uh, American slave owners. Uh, some of them you tried to use the Bible to justify it. And it's the same kind of flimsy arguments. It's the same kind of just sorry, sad, flimsy arguments that's totally twisting scripture. And here we are still doing it today, but now we're now we're doing it to justify our 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 bigotry against Jewish people and and our our hatred of the state of Israel. And you can say, oh, I don't hate, I don't hate. Yeah, when you have this type of ideology, yeah, you do. Then you must not understand what hate is. Um, anyway. Continuing on, as the BBC reports, we are calling for it to be banned by the Home Office and the Home Affairs Select Committee. Chair Yvette Cooper, MP, has urged the Home Secretary to immediately refer to the government's uh, proscription review group, commenting, quote, the evidence they have uncovered about the far-right terror group uh, Order of Nine Angles is deeply disturbing, and the Home Security should immediately refer to it uh, refer it to the government's prescription review group. The combination of Nazi Satanism, extreme violence, and sexual abuse makes it particularly troubling, and action needs to be taken to prevent them grooming and radicalizing uh, other people. Now, I'll say this. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely a First Amendment guy. Uh, if they're committing crimes, then throw them in jail. If they're committing violence against people, throw them in jail. But I do not believe in in silencing somebody just because they hold horrible views for fear that they're going to... Uh, convince others. If if they have horrible views, then their arguments will be horrible and they will convince nobody. And if you have better views, then your arguments are going to be better and then people will listen to you. So I'm, I'm all about people being free to speak. Um, even, you know, disgusting groups like this, uh, even anti-Israel, anti-Jewish people, they, 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 they're free to say whatever they want to say, but we don't have to listen you know, we're not required to listen. Uh, so we just need to come up with better arguments and they set the bar pretty low. So it's easy to do. Um, now, but again, if, if everything that they're saying is true about the extreme violence, sexual abuse, that kind of stuff, then there are already laws in place for that. So just enforce the laws that are on the books already. I don't know why we need all these committees and all, all these like extra, uh, effort. There's already laws in place against this stuff. That should be enough, right? Arrest them, throw them in jail, prosecute them, throw the book at them. Um, Okay, it says the Jewish labor movement and multiple MPs, including shadow cabinet officer, Minister uh, Stephanie Peacock, and shadow policing minister, Louise uh, Hay, have also called on the group to be outlawed. Now, what does it mean to outlaw a group? You know, what, what would that mean? I mean, is it taking... Again, if there's if there's violence, if there if there's violence, if they're enacting violence on on people, then what that is it's it's individuals committing violent acts against other individuals, and there are laws for that. Place those individuals in jail. 
You don't have to outlaw a group. I mean, what what does that even mean to outlaw a group? Does that mean that those those people like if they're if they're found to be a part of that group, they they're prosecuted. I, I don't understand what outlawing a group means, you know. I, I but but I don't I don't I don't like the connotation that's involved because look, if they can outlaw one group, they can outlaw another. Uh, they they can outlaw Christianity if they're allowed to outlaw. Now again, like I said, should I'm not saying that they shouldn't prosecute these people. They absolutely should. But what? How is outlawing a group different than? What what's the difference between arresting the individuals who are committing the violent acts and outlawing a group? Like what is the difference there? We already have laws in place. Why why do we need extra measures just to enforce the laws that we have? So it says, although we are seeing a period of decline in the traditional organized far right in this country, uh, globally the far right is on the ascendancy. Across Europe, far right political parties have made headway and even so far as into government. No clue what any of that means because, again, they call everything far right. So far right has lost all meaning. Violent groups like C-18 have been banned in several countries. Uh, and as the children born in the digital era hit adulthood, the world of far-right activism has splintered into many different scenes, from the alt-right to the misogynistic manosphere to anti-Semitic conspiracy circles. You know, the way to end a cult or the way to end a group, it's not to outlaw the group itself or to ban the group itself. It's to take away the incentive. It's to take. It's to take away. All you got to do is just have better arguments. If someone wants to join a group, talk them out of it. Have a better argument. Say, well, here's why everything this group stands for is wrong. Then that person doesn't want to be part of that group, and you do that enough times, the group is dissolved and it just dies on its own. If you outlaw something, that group is going to feel persecuted, and it's going to it's going to grow underground. It's going to have a massive root system. You know, so you can't ignore it. But to just outlaw and ban a group like that, uh, again, outlaw the individuals who are committing violent acts, you know, enforce the laws that are already on the books and leave it at that. That should be enough. If everybody who's committing violent actions is in jail, then there's nobody left to commit violent actions, right? The, 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 that, that plus convincing other people to not join, that's the end of the group. To, to try to do a ban or to try to do an outlaw thing on a, on a specific group. You know how groups are, especially cults. They're just going to feel persecuted and they're going to grow larger in numbers and they're going to do it underground. That's all that's going to happen. Uh, as the battle shifted online, explicit white supremacist ideology has been uh, subsumed by a wider but more nebulous war over identity and culture. As a result, the boundaries between far-right ideas and the mainstream debate have become increasingly blurred. No, not really. It, 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 the people the people who write articles like this are the ones who are blurring those lines. Um, the lines are pretty distinct. People who have these type of violent ideologies, they are on the left. People who don't are on the right. You, you, you don't. You, what what conservative uh, point of ideology? What conservative belief is violent in nature? You know, they're, they're, they're all basically logic-based. The only violence you're going to find is self-defense, self-defense kind of stuff, or, or like just war, something like that. But even that conservatives, you know, disagree in. But it has nothing to do with personal one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, violent actions. 
yet at the same time as the digital sphere is placed, uh, has replaced an older threat, has created a new one, extreme far-right terror. Across the world, far-right terror has surged from Hanau to Hele to Christchurch as a digital culture of peer-to-peer radicalization has created a self-directed uh, international community dedicated to the planning, preparing, and promoting of white supremacist-inspired murder. And again, uh, okay, so... Yeah, that Christchurch thing. If you actually, if you actually look at that case and read, I'm not familiar with these other two, but when you look at that case and read what he wrote, he he was he was not on the right. He wasn't a conservative. Um, I think I think he even said that he like hated Trump or something like that. But so O nine A is the most extreme Satanist group in the world, so much so that some of the material put out by the group is so disturbing it is held in a secure section at the British Library and can only be accessed under supervision. It encourages followers to engage in forbidden and illegal acts of extreme violence. All right, again, that's a crime. If it's inciting violence, if somebody is is going out of their way to try to get somebody to... Uh, commit violence that's that's inciting violence that's already a crime that's already uh, a crime on the books now again this is happening in britain and i don't know how different their laws are from ours so maybe maybe it's different but but here in america there's already there's already laws the founder of the movement, David Myatt, has been explicit in his nihilistic aims. Well, see, there you go. Typically, people are uh, on the right are not nihilistic. That kind of that kind of goes against everything that people on the right believe in. You know, human value. If you're nihilistic, you don't believe in human value at all. You believe everything's pointless. There's there's no meaning to anything. People on the right, even even non-religious uh, people on the right, they believe in human human value, human worth, and that we're, we we all. Uh, have equal claim to that worth. These aren't far right. Like nihilism is more of a leftist ideology. That that that's more of an atheistic, uh, Darwinian evolution. Uh, you, you know, left leftist a combination of those three. Not saying that every everybody who holds one of those views is is all three, but just a combination of those three. That that that's nihilism. Just the just the idea that there's there's no god, there's no creator, no, nothing means anything, everything's meaningless. We're all gonna die someday, so it doesn't matter. Nobody has any value. That's nihilism. There, there's there's nothing in conservatism that that gets anywhere close to that. You know, the whole point of conservatism is that we have value and there is meaning to life. Some conservatives uh, point to God and, and, and you know, take it uh, that far. And I'm, I'm one of those. I take it that far. Uh, not all conservatives do. But, all, you know, if you're a conservative, then you're, you're, you believe that there, there is a meaning. There is value. So you can't really call somebody far right if they're nihilistic. Anyway, David Myatt, saying that he has tried to, quote, create some things which can disrupt our societies and which can lead to the creation of strong, really dangerous, ruthless individuals, end quote. I would have to look at the context of that quote to really know what it means. Because what does he mean by, you know, we hear dangerous and we think violent, but is that what he meant? You know, I, I, I would have to hear the context, and the context is not offered here. Where did he say that? Okay, so in his terrorist handbook, A Practical Guide to the Strategy and Tactics of Revolution, he clearly states that, quote, the whole fabric of this uh, decadent materialistic society must be broken down and destroyed by whatever means are necessary and practical. And however ruthless we have to be for such ruthlessness is now necessary to save our people and our land. Okay, now, again, I haven't read that, so I don't know the context. But usually by whatever means necessary, that's usually that, that usually means by whatever means necessary, which would include violence. 
again, I would have to see the context for all I know he could have wrote before that, you know, he could have, the context could have been like in terms of a, uh, debate, you know, probably not, probably not what he meant at all. Uh, but that, that's why it's important to really look at the context instead of just taking a quote like that and just thinking that we can, uh, know immediately what was in his head when, when he wrote it. Um, so we would need more context there. Um, 09A's philosophy of ultimate transgression and depravity explicitly aims to foster such a culture among certain sections of the far right. We have found from our research that it operates not uh, by not just disseminating its propaganda, but by seeking to infiltrate other extreme groups and covertly spreading its philosophy. Encrypted digital platforms such as messaging service uh, Telegram are where 09A material is shared. Our researcher found our research found. Several Telegram channels dedicated to O9A on which propaganda text and music are shared. One of the largest channels is called uh, Rape Waffen, which states its official beliefs are O9A Satanism and esoteric rapistism. Now, that sounds very extreme and um, pretty good indicator that these guys are no good. Uh, and But, the, the, yeah, the whole context thing is important because... If a, if a leftist were to watch this, they they would very they would have a very easy time and feel totally justified in labeling me as uh, defending this group, which obviously I'm not. But by me saying things like you you got to look at the context, I don't know if this is what he meant. I would have to look into it more to really know. That alone is enough for uh, some leftists to to say that I that I am supporting and defending this group. Uh, so th- this is how these people think. And this is why I don't trust them to tell me what somebody else means. I don't trust whoever wrote this article, uh, Nick, Nick something. I don't trust Nick to, uh, I, I don't, I don't trust his judgment to tell me, um, the intentions of this group. That's why I said I would have to look into it myself, uh, which of course will happen. And, and that, that's the whole point of this too, is it should be good instruction for all of us that we, we can't just blindly trust what we read in an article. And that's, again, you find, you find a lot of this in, in the Jewish conspiracy circles. They just trust what they read in somebody's blog. You know, they don't have actual objective reasoning. They don't, they don't have any context of anything concrete to believe that they already believe it. And then they, they find excuses to keep it going to justify it. So I don't, I don't trust this article to tell me, uh, the intentions of this group. I would want to, um, investigate the group myself and we should all have that in mind. We should all have that attitude with any group or any idea or any, any theory or any belief. We should all, we, we, we don't have an excuse anymore. We all have to be researchers. And I, I know we're, we're gonna, I, I think that's, that's about all, um, there, there's more to the story, but you can you can go to newstatesman.com to find out more if you want. But but I know that it's kind of been um, a cli- it's almost a cliche at this point. But you know, a lot of researchers, uh, especially if they're Christian, a lot of them will will say things like, "Look, I'm not saying everybody has to be a researcher." All right. I am saying that <laughs> I am. I am saying that you have to be a researcher. I mean, if, if you're going to hold a strong opinion about something that you're going to share on social media, uh, you know, with, with, when it has to do with like people groups or religion or, or something that can seriously affect somebody else. Uh, and you're trying to convince people that you're right. Um, yeah, you got to be a researcher. Why else do you have that opinion? Why, why, if you have a, an opinion that's that strong that you're going to defend that strongly when somebody disagrees with you, 
Why do you have that opinion if you're not a researcher? You do have to be a researcher if you're going to have an opinion like that. Otherwise, then then you just shouldn't have an opinion. And that's okay. There are th- There's nothing wrong with not... Ha- you don't have to have an opinion on everything. I don't know where our culture got this from where... You know, we feel like we we have to have an opinion on everything. There's so many things I don't have opinions about. Like, I, I don't have a preference of one football team over another because I don't know anything about football. I, I don't. I don't. I wasn't brought up with it. I, I don't watch it. I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I just it's not an interest of mine. You know, I have no opinion about it. So when somebody asked me like, who who do I want to win the Super Bowl? My my answer is I, I don't know who's playing. Um. <laughs> I, I guess whichever animal is animal mascot is the biggest. You know, I, I don't I don't have any opinion about it. You know, there's there's lots of things I don't know about, so I just don't have opinions about them, and I'm totally fine with that. And you should be too. If there's something that you don't know enough about, uh, or or you don't you don't know it well enough that you don't you don't know uh, all of the sides of the argument. You 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 don't know what the opposition to that argument uh, to that opinion is. You know, I mean, if you know a subject really well, you should know, or, or or if it's like an idea or something, you you should know what the opposition is to it. You should be able to understand that too, because it has to do with the subject. So if you're an anti-Israel guy, uh, you either just should not have that opinion, or you should be so well versed on that subject that you should you should know my own position better than I know it myself. Like that that's that's how that's how well you should know. Uh, your your own subject, and that that's why I say, you know, when when I talk to these people, they don't. I know their position better than they know it, and because I know that, I know how to argue against it. And then they don't have an answer for it because there is no logical answer for it. Uh, but when I face when I face them with that, when I face them with that, they typically kind of go into a little online rage, or uh, they'll they'll call me names or something like that, or they'll say you know some slur or insult, or you know they they go that route. They they don't argue it with actual logic or facts because they haven't thought about it long enough. They they just they only believe it because they read something somewhere or they saw some video somewhere and it was appealing to them and they just ran with it. Uh, so. That has caused so much destruction in the church because there are a lot, a lot of anti-Israel, anti-Jewish Christians out there. It's caused so much destruction, and it's just from people um, being uninformed and just sharing this stuff around and basically bullying other people into it. And, and I, people, can I know because I, I see how these people argue. They, they, many of them have tried to bully me into that view too. Called me all sorts of names because I didn't believe in their ridiculous ideology and i just i i don't care what names they call me i'm not i'm not i'm i'm not going to be anti-israel but not not everybody stands up to it you know so, some people uh they allow it to convince them and it's caused a lot of destruction so if you don't know about a topic if you just read some blog somewhere maybe just don't talk about it research it further Re- research the opposite uh, argument research the pro israel stuff if you're going to try to convince me that pro-Israel Zionism stuff is wrong, then you should know that subject better than I do. You should you should be you should at least be confident that you do. But um, I've never heard a convincing argument. And again, I'm I'm based in logic and reason. 
little bit of emotion, but mostly logic and reason. I've never heard a convincing argument that, that would come close to convincing me that I should not be a Zionist and that I should uh, be suspicious of, of the Jewish people, you, you know. Uh, I'm certainly suspicious of globalists. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think globalism is a terrible, uh, terrible ideology. Uh, but I don't. That, that has nothing to do with Jewish people to me. I don't care if they're Jewish or black or white or I, I don't. I don't care what race they are. If they're globalists, then that's. I, and I don't even care about the people themselves necessarily. I care more about arguing against the ideology of globalism. It doesn't matter to me the the you know who holds that position and who doesn't. Why should that matter? What matters to me is what is the argument for it, what's the argument against it, and which is the better argument. That's what ma- that's what matters. The idea itself, not the person. Um. So I've never heard a convincing argument that would convince me to uh, not be. Uh, Zionist. All right, we're going to get into, we got to talk about one more thing about this coronavirus and a false messiah, uh, speaking more about uh, Israel and Jewish stuff that, um, uh, which actually has something to do with Jewish people because it's their, uh, this is from uh, Orthodox uh, Jewish people, so it's their religion. Uh, But, and, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about what they're saying about the coronavirus and how they're, they're saying that this, this, uh, is like a precursor to their Messiah or something, and how um, their Messiah could very well be our Antichrist. Uh, and I don't hate Jewish people for that. You know, they're deceived just I, I, just like you were and I was before we were saved. They're deceived. They're prisoners in a war, all right? Uh, so we need to pray for them. We need to spread the gospel. And that is why we support ministries uh, who do just that. So we, when you buy a membership to Daily Renegade, if you want to see the rest of this pack report, you need to get a membership, dailyrenegade.com. And when you get a membership to Daily Renegade, you're not only supporting our ministry, we're, 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 we're not a stagnant pond where uh, everything you put into it just stays with us. We're, we're, a, flowing, we're a flowing stream, uh, so we support other ministries. We support two ministries that uh, minister to Jewish people because they need the gospel. Just like all of us needed it, at, you know, if, if you're saved, you needed it at one point. If you're not saved, you still need it. Uh, they need the gospel too, and I think that that's the best solution to get this stuff turned around, to get people saved and actually teach them what true love really is, uh, the love of Jesus Christ. So we we support uh we also support a children's hospital and we support um a, a pro life uh uh ministry and if you want more information on on those you can go to dailyrenegade.com but 20% of your um membership uh fee goes 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 to those efforts. So go to dailyrenegade.com. You can get a membership. You can watch the rest of this PEC report. It would be a good thing to do that now because right now it is only $10 a month or $100 a year. If you get the $100 a year, that's the better deal. You get two months for free and you don't have to think about it again until Trump is reelected <laughs> until well after. So, uh, you'll, so you'll want to do that. Um, and also, uh, get it now while it's cheap. We might have to increase prices. Uh, so it, it, the price will not increase for existing members. Uh, but if you wait to get a membership, if you're on the fence about it and you wait, uh, and then if you decide to do it later, you might have to pay a higher fee so uh, or a higher membership rate. Um, and I explained in in a, a different video why why we have why we might have to do that. Uh, what a, a good thing that will keep us from having to do that is sharing our videos. Um, we lost a lot of traffic when YouTube banned us, a lot. 
So you can help us by sharing our videos around and let's get some of that traffic back. Then we don't have to increase our prices, and that would be awesome. I don't want to increase our prices if we don't have to. But you'll get the rest of this uh, Peck Report. You'll get the rest of every show we have at DailyRenegade.com. We have about 15 unique shows, and we're we're constantly adding more. We're trying to be the Netflix of Fringe Christianity. Uh, so don't give your money to Netflix. Cancel your Netflix subscription. Ditch the flicks. Come over to Daily Renegade because Netflix has made it clear they hate Christians. They absolutely do. They put so much anti-Christian propaganda uh, on their platform. Um, and we don't hate you. So if you're going to spend your money anyway, uh, spend it with us and uh, help us build a thriving ministry here that can uh, hopefully help in the effort to um, make disciples of all nations and you know get our culture turned around uh, back towards Christ. That's, that's what we would love to see. Uh, also, while you're there, that is, again, dailyrenegade.com. While you're there, we have several items that you should stock up on, and we have gotten banned on YouTube for telling you about these items because they're so important, but you know they act like they're dangerous or something, and they're not. But um, if you are a chronic pain sufferer and you rely on Kratom the way I do, uh, I have a rare bone disease. I take Kratom every day just to get through the day, uh, and it, it works great. Uh, most of the time, I don't even have to think about my chronic pain, which is just such a blessing. Um, uh, get get some Kratom. And if you, if, you, if you rely on Kratom to get you through the day like I do, uh, you're going to want to stock up on this now because... The second the government has the power to do it, the second they have an excuse, and they have the excuse with coronavirus, the second they have the excuse, they're going to ban Kratom. They've been trying to do it for years, I, and I, I think they're finally going to do it. So, uh, and, and also, just people are buying a lot of it because the coronavirus stuff, um, it, it's, it's, it's going to increasingly become hard to get. So uh, stock up now while you can. Kratom stays good for a really long time. So you can buy. A, a, I, 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 I am still taking Kratom that I bought. Um, what was it? Three years ago, I think. Uh, it, it was when the FDA first tried to ban kratom, and I thought I thought they were gonna succeed, so I bought a lot of it. And um, I'm still taking that kratom today. It works great. You know, just keep it in a cool, dry place. I keep it in a cupboard uh, in our kitchen, and it just cool, dark, dry place. And it'll stay good for a really long time. So stock up now. Get get a lot of this stuff because it might not always be available. While you're at it, do the same thing with CBD. Um, CBD Pure is the most pure and uh, powerful, beneficial CBD available. They test every batch, every single batch. They test through a third-party testing facility to make sure that you are getting the purest, most organic, uh, pesticide-free CBD on the market today. So you'll you'll want to check that out. You can get that at Daily Renegade. And then the one that really upset YouTube, and which is the reason that we're not on uh, our main channel right now, uh, colloidal silver. A lot of people have had a lot of great things to say. If you're going to get colloidal silver, I suggest silver of life. It is the number one rated pure colloidal silver, and it will not cure your coronavirus. <laughs> so there's this, there, there's just some people making some ridiculous claims. Um, and uh, I, I would never go that far. Actually, I've been telling people you can use this stuff to clean your kitchen counters with instead of using harmful uh, chemicals that you keep in your sink you know, right above where you drink your water, these cancer-causing chemicals, you know, instead of using that, get some colloidal silver. But uh, there there have been people that say this this will help uh, boost immune systems and stuff like that. So a lot of people like it. A lot of this audience uh, likes it. So that's why we make it available. And um, because we want to do right by you. So we did look for what we, what we believe is the best uh, – 
the, the, the best purest colloidal silver out there. And we came across silver of life. And, uh, so we really, we really like them. So if you're going to get it, you should, uh, go to dailyrenegade.com. You can find all those links in the, uh, right at the top of the website. We make it super easy. Also at the beginning of this episode, you found, you, you probably saw a commercial for Tropic Health, uh, Kratom. They're great too. Uh, so Coastline Kratom and Tropic Health Kratom are both amazing. Uh, the reason we gave you two is in case one runs out of stock or just in case your body responds better to one supplier over another. You know, everybody's different. It just gives you a choice. Also, Tropic Health accepts credit cards while um, while Coastline Kratom accepts uh, Zelpay. If you don't have a Zelpay account, it's really easy. You can do one on their website. They make it easy for you, so it's not a big deal. Uh, but that's So that's why we gave, give you both options. All right, so um, let's see. Members only. Hang on the line. Everybody else, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, take care and God bless. All right, members only. Uh, we got one more story to get to, and we're already running long on this PEC report, so let's wrap this up quick. Uh, but uh, th- th- this was an interesting story. I'm always I'm always interested to know what Orthodox Jews believe about the coming Messiah because a lot it seems like a lot of their beliefs parallel uh, our beliefs about the coming Antichrist. I mean, the Antichrist is going to be in a position where he's going to defile the third temple, right? So for him to have that position, it's pretty, it's it's reasonable to assume that the Jewish people will have accepted this person as their Messiah. So every time that, you know, Orthodox uh, Jews especially start talking about how the Messiah is here, the Messiah is about to appear, all this stuff, I, I'm interested in it uh, because... I want to know. I, I just want to know who they who they think it is because that that possibly could be uh, the Antichrist. But that's also why it's important. And I I don't hate Jews for this, and neither should you. I, I they're 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 wrong, but they're deceived, just like you were before you got saved, just like I was. I I was big time into New Age, you know. Um, so they're, they're, they're being deceived. They need our prayer. They need our love. Uh, they, they need the gospel. And that's why we support ministries that, that minister to them. But, um, but I'm always interested in, in what they say. So this, this comes from breaking Israel news. It says, uh, the aphorism states that every cloud must have a silver lining. And while the dark cloud of the coronavirus hangs heavy over our Holy land, one unexpected benefit might be that the strict quarantine will bring about the condition. The Jewish sages say precedes the Messiah universal observance of the Holy Sabbath. Now, isn't that interesting? In response to the pandemic coronavirus, Israel's health ministry issued a new set of directives, the strictest the country has seen to date. Now, I just want to break one moment because some people might say, well, why do we care, Josh? Why do we care? They're wrong. They have wrong beliefs. Why do we care what they believe? Because their beliefs will dictate their actions. Even if they're believing wrong things, it'll dictate how they act. So while this um, coronavirus thing, you know, there's, there's nothing to say that it would proceed any kind of messiah figure you know they're they're wrong in that belief but they believe it's true and this this could inspire them to find a messiah figure or or to or to uh, be more easily deceived into believing uh you know the the antichrist as the messiah figure you know that that's why it's important it's important to know and and also it helps us know how to better minister to them how how to better present the gospel to them again if the goal is to get jewish people saved and it should be if that's the goal, then we should know their positions even at least as well as, if not better, than they do themselves. Because for one thing, it, it shows uh, that 
you you have re- respect and you you have love for they're not going to listen to somebody that hates them you know if you're going to tell them they're a fake jew and and they're a globalist shill or whatever if you tell them that they're not going to listen to you you're not going to be able to present the gospel to them you know obviously but if if you if you know what they believe and you know you 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 love and respect them enough to actually take the time to learn that and then you present the gospel in love and and you can you can counteract their arguments you know again you, you lovingly respectfully but you you can tell them well well here you know i understand you believe that but th- th- this is uh this is kind of kind of how i thought about that just from my side of the aisle you know uh, have a good debate with them um they 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 have a greater chance of of putting their defenses down you you have a greater chance of being able to to present the gospel to them anyway um so that's why it's important but it says uh you know all all of this stuff is going to be closed there will be there there will also be army and police patrolling to enforce that last item with a, a heavy hand according to reports all outdoor leisure activity with few exceptions, is also prohibited according to the new regulations. The directives specifically include public parks, uh, beaches, as well as malls being considered no-go zones. As a result of the health ministry's initiatives, for the first time in modern Israel's 71-year history and perhaps for the first time since biblical rule reigned in the land, all shopping malls, theaters, stores, restaurants, and beaches will be closed on a Saturday. Now, isn't that interesting? 71 history. What comes after 71? 72. And that has uh, some uh, very interesting meanings tied to it. Now, that might be a far reach, but... uh, Interesting. Uh, But uh, it says, in a powerful case of synchronicity, this Sabbath, Jews around the world will be reading the Parsha, which is the weekly section of the Torah, in Exodus chapters 35 through 40, which opens with Moses commanding the Jews to keep the Sabbath. On six days, work may be done, but on the seventh day, you shall have a Shabbat of complete rest, holy to Hashem. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. It's Exodus 35.2. Driving and doing business are forbidden on Shabbat, as is traveling outside of a specific area. With empty thoroughfares and shops, all of Israel will, be, uh, will closely resemble the biblical description of Shabbat. Um, Exodus 16.29 says, Mark that Hashem has given you the Shabbat, uh, therefore he gives you two days food on the sixth day. Let everyone remain where he is. Let no one leave his place on the seventh day. Quarantines similar to uh, that being applied in Israel are also being enforced in several countries, creating a condition in which a global Sabbath may be observed this week, precisely when Jews are reminded of the biblical commandment. Few people realize that observance of the Sabbath in its proper day is one of the major keys to bringing in the Messianic era. The Talmud um, Shabbat 118b states where were Israel to keep two Sabbaths as commanded, they would immediate they would be immediately redeemed. It is important to note that Rabbi Yoel Schwartz, head of the Sanhedrin's Nohide Court and of the uh, Devar Yerushalayim uh, Yeshiva, explained that the two Sabbaths described in the Talmud could in, could be interpreted as a Jewish Shabbat in tandem with a non-Jewish Shabbat. The rabbi put out a call for the nations to keep the Sabbath and for Jews to help them in this mission. So you see, you see how, and this also kind of tells how desperate they are for a Messiah, that, that they, they will go to these lengths to interpret these, these verses in that way, just to have some kind of fulfillment, some kind of hope that the Messiah is finally, you know, on his way. Um, but of course, again, that just speaks to the importance of why we, we need to, we need to be able to 
you know, lovingly convince them that their Messiah has come, and it's uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rabbi Schwartz explained that there are two different versions of the Sabbath commandment, one for Jews, one for nations. The Jews are required to both remember and observe, performing the uh, positive commandments as well as refraining from the 39 forbidden forms of labor. The positive mitzvah of remembering the Sabbath is encompassed in reciting uh, Kaddush or sanctifying the Sabbath, usually performed over a glass of wine. He also recommended that non-Jews light two candles to bring in the Sabbath typically performed by women. This unexpected positive side effect of the pandemic was praised by Moshe Feiglin, the leader of the Zahu party. He began his uh, rather poetic Facebook post on the subject with a quote from the blessing. Uh, uh, blessings said after the Shabbat meal, quote, the compassionate one may he cause us to inherit the day, which will be completely a Sabbath and rest day for eternal life. I could never imagine this addition to this Saturday's food blessing. Uh, Feiglin wrote, noting that the word Shabbat actually means to cease or to stop. Uh, he said, quote, now the whole world is stopping, stopping work, stopping from running around, stopping from flying. Thanks to the virus, the atmosphere is being renewed, and the air we, we're breathing now is cleaner than ever, except for perhaps on Yom Kippur. Air pollution kills more even than road accidents, so maybe this corona also comes with a blessing. No entertainment, no shopping, no going to the beach or parks or malls. Uh, we will all be just like the ultra-religious on Shabbat. Families will be sitting together in their homes, rebuilding what was lost on the craziness of modern life. What else is he planning for us? The one that dwelleth in the, that dwells in the heavens. First, he stopped at politics. Then he stopped transportation. Next, not, or first he stopped the politics. Then he stopped the transportation. Next, he closed the schools and the economy. What is next? What is the next plan from the great director, our merciful father? What is the next act and play in which all specta- in which we are all spectators as well as participants? All right, and then so the the you know he's signaling that the the arrival of the Messiah uh, could be next. So again, it's important to know because they believe this, and, and and it really teaches us how desperate they are for a Messiah. But that's good news. That's good news for us. If they're so desperate for a Messiah that they're they're I mean, they're going to these great lengths and even twisting scripture that much. Uh, I mean, even even their own Talmud and stuff like that. I mean, even that seems like a, a stretch. They're they're going. Th- that means that they're they're desperate. So that's 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 good, you know. Um, uh, the reason that's good is because it should it should mean that it's easier for us to present the gospel to them and show them who their Messiah really is, who 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 the Messiah really is of the whole world Jesus Christ and if we have good arguments we might be able to uh we might be able to convince some of them so that is what it's all about um and obviously the the arguments mean nothing if we don't do it out of love and compassion that's why I was saying earlier there is a place for the emotional stuff what is the stake without the salt you know even even though even though the salt is the, the salt is a very small part of of the experience you know salt to steak ratio there's very little salt but it's still incredibly important to the steak, isn't it? You know, steak's pretty bland without salt. So you need, you do need to have the love and the the compassion. You you do need to have that to present the 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 gospel. There is a place for the emotional stuff. You got to have it. 
otherwise, the gospel, if you just try, it's just going to be flat or, you know, it's not going to be appealing. So uh, that's, but that's why it's important to know these things. It's important to know what they believe so we know how best to uh, convince them that their Messiah has come. And it does, it does show how desperate they are for a Messiah. Good news for us. They should be more receptive of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that their Messiah has come. Uh, hallelujah. Okay. Well, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for being members, and thank you for joining me. I'd love to know what you think. Leave us a comment, and uh, thank you for everything. Please share this video around, or at least the free version, from the website, dailyrenegade.com. All right, everybody. Love you all. Until next time, take care. God bless. Yes.